And welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. You're in the Bible and Business YouTube channel. Uh, and I just want to thank you for joining me today. We're still in the series on building healthy partnerships. Today is the ninth of the 10 part series, and we're going to be looking at the subject of competence today. All of this content is taken from my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, an introduction for Christian entrepreneurs on what the Bible says about owning a business. But before we get started today, what I'd like to do is just to let you know that I have another book out called Biblical Wisdom for Business Leaders, 30 Sayings from Proverbs. I invite you to pick this up at Amazon or any other online bookstore, either in an EPUB or a print version. Uh, I take the 30 sayings that the sage gives us in Proverbs 22, 17 through 24 verse, uh, chapter 24, verses 29, and uh, I kind of uh, exegete them and then apply them. Uh, to how a business leader or a business owner would implement uh, those 30 sayings uh, in the workplace. And as always, I just want to invite you to head over to BibleandBusiness.com and take a look at the articles and the other resources that I have for you out there. The entire site is built for Christians who own businesses and Christians who lead in business or in ministry. So today we want to look at competence as a concept and how competence is used to build healthy partners. First of all, in order to, what is competence? Not in order to be competent, but what is competence? Competence is being good at something. And I mean really good at it. Not just kind of good. Not just wishing you were good, but really good at something. And you really need to be good at something that the business needs in order to be a good partner. Um... And when you partner with somebody else, that person needs to be someone who is good at something that is complementary to your skills and is a skill worth giving up equity for. So just because they're good at something, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, doesn't mean that, um, that it's worth giving up equity for. It doesn't mean that, in other words, that they should be a partner. Here's a, here's a real-world example. I know of a son who had started a business. He was using all of his own money to start the business. And he had a dad who was retired from sales and a brother who was an accountant working full-time somewhere else. And so the son starts the business, and the three of them sit down, and they all agree that they'll own a third of the business. But dad's retired. He's only going to help for a year or two. And, uh, and so the son gives the dad 30%, not 20%. Those 20% are a typo here. The son gives his dad 30% uh, ownership just for helping out. And also does the same thing with his brother, who is going to be a part-time accountant and who has, who has indicated that he's never going to join the business full-time because his wife thinks it's too risky. And so um, the, the son who starts the business has already given up uh, in this slide, it would be 40%, but in real world, it was 60, uh, 66%, 67%, two-thirds of the business to his dad and his brother, neither of whom are really offering anything worthy of equity. And my advice to him was, look, you, you can hire out a bookkeeper. You don't need to give a third of the ownership away for a bookkeeper. And in terms of sales, you can hire a salesman too. And maybe you do give that person some equity, but make it somebody who's going to be there 10 or 20 years. 
Find somebody who's going to be around for the long term before you just start handing out equity. So just because somebody is competent doesn't mean they're entitled to equity. Now, it might be a fast way early on to get two or three people on board without having to pay them a salary. I get that. But then, you, but then you're taking on partners and you need a partner agreement and you're giving up equity because you don't have enough cash to start the business and actually pay them. You might be better off taking six months and finding uh, an angel investor or somebody with cash that you can borrow from to pay these people and then over time pay that person back from whom you borrowed the money. So the principle here is do not give away equity for competence unless the skills are so unique and complementary to your skills that it's best to, to form a partnership. Just don't give away partnership equity just because it's easy to do up front. You need to, th you need to think that through a lot more. Because what, what if your business ends up making, I don't know, throwing off a couple million a year of profit? you might end up being very resentful of the others who are not doing a whole lot uh, for getting their part of the profits because that's, that's how equity gets paid. You know, look, look, at the previous, um, look at the previous video I have on compensation. Equity gets paid differently than employees, and equity gets a share of the profits. And you may not like it if someone didn't do a whole lot at the beginning uh, but they still get some money at the end, but they didn't do a whole lot during the, uh, during the business, and, and yet they're still getting money because you gave away equity too fast and too freely to those who really shouldn't have had it. So don't give away equity for competence unless the skills are so unique and complementary to your skills that it's best to form a partnership. And this really speaks to family businesses. Just because uh, people are part of the lucky DNA club in the family that owns the business doesn't mean necessarily that they should be managers or even owners. Um, the day-to-day -day role in the business uh, should, should match their skill set and their interest level, and they shouldn't automatically be promoted to management, um, either upper management or mid-level management, simply because they're part of the DNA that forms the family. So I would encourage you, those of you in family businesses, to separate the ownership and the family and the business roles. Get the right person for each business role in the right seat, whether they're family or not. And family members, even if they're owners, need to learn to submit to proper authority in the business in their day-to-day -day roles. This is really hard, what, I, what I'm suggesting. I, just because you're an owner, just because you're part of the family, doesn't mean that you should be uh, a manager or an upper-level manager at that. Now, here's the warning. Competence by itself doesn't guarantee success. There are plenty of competent people who make lousy partners. Competence is really the lowest bar that you're looking for in a partner. Uh, it's the other nine characteristics that I talk about in this uh, video series that make or break a good partnership. So, in order to be a good partner, you need to be good at something don't give away equity just because someone is good at a skill or a trade or is part of the family. Beware of giving in to the emotional pressures of hiring those who belong to the lucky DNA club and putting them in positions just because they're family members. That is not the right way 
uh, to run a business. Next episode, we're going to look at the 10th and final part characteristic of building a healthy partnership, and that characteristic is chemistry. So until then, I uh, want to thank you for joining me today. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business, and I hope this has been helpful to you. If you want to get a hold of me, you can at bill at bibleandbusiness.com. Uh, you can just email me and I'll be sure to email you back. So thanks for joining me today again, and I hope you go out and make it a great day. We'll see you next week. Take care.